This morning, we're taking a small break from our series in Genesis to jump over to Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And more, like two reasons why we're doing this. One is uh, this passage, actually the book of Ephesians is just my favorite book of the whole Bible. Um, if I could only keep one book of the Bible, it would be this one. Um, and this particular passage is actually the passage for my very first sermon to you all. So back in August 2015, I preached on Ephesians 4. And so I return to it now for my last sermon with you all. So, as we come to the word of God, as we come to this portion in Ephesians, let's pray for the Spirit's presence among us. Please pray with me. Speak, O Lord, as we come to your word, as we come to hear this portion of your scriptures together, move in our hearts, in our lives, make us attentive to the movements of your spirit, where the scripture touches our souls, our lives, our hopes, and our faith. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. So listen then for the voice of God. Ephesians 4. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, (laughs) bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, Grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and the craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The word of the Lord.
One of the joys of being a pastor is watching you grow up. <laughs> From the little squirming babies that I have baptized at this font, who are now rambunctious toddlers, or kids like mine of five, six, or seven, who let you know that they are no longer babies, they're big kids. Watching teenagers that I met in impact or profession of faith classes, who shared their questions and their wonderings and the intensity with which they asked those questions, and seeing them now in university or in their first jobs, watching the young adults grow up who gathered around a table in a pub or in my own home and brought so much camaraderie and teasing and bravery and big appetites <laughs> for both good food and good conversation. And to see them now settling into who they are with confidence and integrity as they find their footing as adults in both the church and the world. And then watching all the rest of you grow up, those for whom growing up looks like growing older, with all the complexities and opportunities and adventures and heartache and beauty that growing older brings. New jobs, new challenges, new experiences, new wrinkles, more gray hairs than you thought you had new losses, and hard-earned new perspectives. And one of the holy privileges of being a pastor is also the holy work of bearing witness to the ways that you grow up in faith, from the littlest among you to the oldest. That has looked like witnessing and walking alongside a new elder who's scared that God got it wrong <laughs> when he called her and ordained her to her office. And who, after years of service, testifies to how God equipped and sustained her, how her trust in God has deepened in her experience of office-bearing. It looked like witnessing an aging saint of this church family feel her body diminish, get weaker, and sitting with her only to see her faith grow stronger <laughs> as she held on more strongly to the unbreakable promises of God. This pastor learned what faith looked like then. Or the privilege of witnessing and walking alongside a young adult who for the first time can admit that they don't know if all this faith stuff is for real. If it's real for them. And then to witness them enter into a space of brutal honesty and really difficult wrestling that is ultimately a richer, fuller space from which to understand what it means and what it doesn't mean to believe and follow Jesus. And then that continual joy and wonder of witnessing a baptized child come to the table for the first time. When they hear that the gifts of God are for the people of God and that includes them too. 
when we talk about faith formation, we can get caught up in talking about programs and numbers and volunteers. We can get lost in assessing what's working, what's not working, what to tweak, what to leave, what to start, what to kill, all of it. And sometimes we can lose sight. We can lose sight of why we do all of this in the first place. Because all of our ministries and Bible studies, programs and volunteering and preparation and teaching and leading is not so that we can be a big, busy church with a lot of things for a lot of people. It's not. When we talk about faith formation, we are talking about how we grow up in Christ. This is what Paul is describing here in Ephesians. It's it's what I love so much about this passage. He writes that we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head. That is Christ. And from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This passage is particularly precious to me because it reminds me sometimes in those days of ministry where you get caught and lost in the weeds and you can't see the forest for the trees. It always brings me back to a bigger vision of faith formation, a bigger vision of discipleship and a bigger vision of pastoral ministry and what it looks like to grow up in Christ. A bigger vision than knowing a bunch of stuff. A bigger vision than having the right answer nailed down. A bigger vision than just doing more stuff or doing different stuff. The work of growing up in Christ is bigger than just me. It is bigger than just you. It is about all of God's people together, belonging to one another, serving each other, and growing up together. Paul Paul mentions that one mark of maturity is, is now being tossed is not being tossed back and forth by waves or blown here and there by the winds of false teaching. And I think one of those current winds of teaching sweeping through the church that can blow us off course and I think ultimately betray us is that spirituality, the life of faith, ah, it's kind of best done on your own. (laughs) You know, without the fuss and the difficulty of other people. Or those who don't think like you. (laughs) Or those you disagree with. And I think think now, today, this is a cunning and a beguiling lie that many of us believe. It's a lie that whispers, oh, you're better off on your own because that church stuff, man, it sucks. All that bickering, 
that hypocrisy, all the gossip and the infighting? Aren't you better off just finding God on your own without putting up with a bunch of people like that? You're better than them. You don't need them. You know, just download a meditation app and be on your way. In contrast to that lie, in contrast to that wind of teaching we hear from many different directions, Paul urges us to live a life worthy of the calling we have received. And that is a calling to be the people of God who have the deepest understanding of grace who put our gifts in service to one another, to build each other up in love, so that we grow in in our belonging to each other and the ties that bind us, that we grow in our relationship with God, that we grow in maturity and so attain together the whole measure of the fullness of Christ together. Paul does not give us a vision of spiritual maturity that is focused on the individual. He gives us a bigger vision of spiritual maturity, of faith formation, which only makes sense in the body of Christ, in a community of faith. A few weeks back, Jessica Gross is a columnist with the New York Times. Oftentimes she writes on parenthood or mothering, uh, being a working parent in this world. I read a lot of her stuff. But a few weeks back, she took a, a detour on that and she wondered about the experience of those who have walked away from a religious community, from a church. And so she invited her readers to submit their stories, reasons they left their religious community and what they missed she received quite quickly over 7,000 submissions. 7,000 stories, 7,000 people saying, here's my experience. And the 7,000 reasons for leaving, they were varied, every person's story is unique, but they were common themes, right? Hypocrisy, judgmental attitudes, bickering, infighting, you know, the usual. (laughs) But then she asked this really interesting question. She asked them, what do you miss about the community of faith you left? What, What do you miss? What do you miss about being religious? And you know what they miss the most? Do you know what almost two-thirds of them said? Just what they couldn't find elsewhere even though they looked hard? Belonging to a community. The longing to be cared for. The need to be known the need to be carried, 
the need to not be alone in the life of faith. We all know the ugly side of church, okay? If you've been a member of a church, you know when you have experienced the ugly side. (laughs) The downside of having one's faith rest in a community of believers who are human (laughs) and who hurt each other badly and often. We know the ugly side. But we also know, and I think those who shared stories of leaving especially know because they have felt the absence of it, is we know the beautiful side of church. The gift of belonging to a community of faith where you're known and where you're loved and where you have a place to grow up alongside others and to experience God together in ways that you would not on your own. Paul is no stranger to the ugly side of the church. He is not ignorant of the ways that we can mess this all up and hurt each other. We are all not patient and kind and gentle and bearing with one another in love. We confessed that this morning. That was an ouch kind of confession. (laughs) Pretty much every letter, other than this one, maybe Philippians, by Paul, was occasioned by the ugly side of the church. By squabbles, by conflicts, by warring factions, by misunderstandings, by tension, by you name it, we've always been a little messy. We've always been more than a little human in communities of faith. And that's why Paul reminds us here, as he points us to that bigger vision of growing up in Christ, to work on and live into the practices that build up the community of faith. We are really good at tearing down. We are really good at setting fires. We are really good at shooting arrows. (laughs) But how do we live the practices that build up communities of faith, that build up community CRC? Paul says, be completely humble. Be gentle. Oh, be patient. Be patient. Bear with one another in love. And make every effort, because he knows it will take effort (laughs) to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. These are not practices that come naturally to us. They don't come naturally to anybody. Maybe one does. You know that one person that is just very gentle, that other person who's very patient. But they don't all come naturally to us. We gotta work at this, people. But they are practices that build others up in love and don't tear others down. That demand that we focus less on ourselves 
in our sense of, well, we are better than they are, and puts the focus on others. And so that helps all of us, each of us, to look more and more like Jesus, to grow up into Christ, so that others can experience Jesus through us not just in this place, but in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our communities, and in our world. For the sake of each other, for the sake of the body. A few years back, you may or may not remember, it was a Thanksgiving service, and I invited you all to give thanks to God for those who have helped you grow in faith. We rolled the prayer wall that Arno made. We rolled that in here. And kind of like today, you know you're gonna have an activity. I know, you're gonna have to suck it up. You all got a piece of paper on, on the way into that service. And you were invited to write a name of those who helped you grow in faith. And as I was packing up my office this week, I actually had kept a stack of these. And so I kind of went back through them, reading them. And there are prayer after prayer giving thanks for parents. So parents, I need you to know whether your kids are five or 55, you are important. (laughs) You are formative. Grandparents, you're in this stack too. You are deeply formative for your children and grandchildren. GEMS counselors, Sunday school teachers, this one is little lamb and story hour teachers, okay? Coffee break, youth leaders, as well as elders and deacons, siblings and spouses. Siblings struck me, I have two sisters. I don't know if they've ever helped me grow in faith, maybe an annoyance, I'm not sure. But name after name, especially of friends, of people that you have done life with. Name after name after name. And as I was going through these, I realized, you know what? God has heard these prayers. I had the honor as pastor of hearing these prayers. I don't necessarily know how good we are at telling each other those things. Especially when I saw all the parents' names come up. As a As a daughter, I don't think I'm particularly good at telling my parents. (laughs) Thank you. So, I actually, that's the invitation for right now, is what you got on your way in, and I think think some of you were missed uh, who came in a little bit earlier, but do you have, did you grab one of these on your way in? A little postcard, yes, Stephen's holding it up. Okay, this is very simple. We are actually going to thank each other for the ways in which others have helped us grow in faith, how we have seen them build up the church in love. And I've kept it simple, you don't need to write too much. But on the front is a thank you with a line for you to write a name. And then on the back is simple, a line for you to write your name. We won't do this anonymously, I think it's good to remember the ties that bind us. And there's a little bit of space if you are a writer and you want to share a little bit more about how that particular person has helped you grow in faith. And before you start writing, you can't name a pastor, 
okay? I don't want this to feel like all of a sudden I'm looking for thank yous on my way out, okay? Like that's not what I want. So you can't put a pastor's name. If you feel compelled to thank a pastor, myself or Tom or Laura or a past pastor, do so, just not with this card, okay? Okay, so if you don't have one of these, I bet we still have some more floating around. But if you have a pen, grab it. We're actually gonna take time right now. This isn't homework. We're gonna stop here for a second. You're gonna think of someone and you're gonna write it down. Oh yep, Colin has got extras, so if you need one, Colin's gonna come around and give you one, okay? And this is for all ages. So if there's kids, if there is someone that you wanna thank, you guys can talk as households, you can talk, like you can, you don't have to be quiet. We're in church, but right now, this is brainstorming time, people, okay? Okay. And this gives you time to think as we settle into this. Grab, share, share a pen from someone, do it. And we're gonna take just a minute or two here. Jim, are you asking for two? Of course you'd be asking for two, okay. 30 seconds. Thank you, Colin. Okay, we're gonna come back together in about 15 seconds, okay? If you don't have a name and you need a bit more time, I know that might be just a little bit too much pressure initially, think about it. But the invitation is to actually give this to the person you have named. Slip it in their mailbox, hand it to them after coffee, if that's a little too much, you can put it on the table and staff will make sure that the person named gets it this week, okay? Yeah. And if this got you thinking, I have so many more people to thank than just one, grab more cards after the service, grab a thank you card from home. Those joining live stream, you do not get out of this either. Send a text, an email, grab a thank you card from nearby. This is the opportunity to build each other up in love. 
through gratitude, remembering the ties that bind, and how we grow up in Christ together, okay? So this gets to the person whose name is on there, okay? Whether the mailbox, putting here on the table, staff will give it out uh, this week, or to the person by hand if they're present here, okay? Okay. On this day of blessings and farewells and gratitude, I want to thank you. Community Christian Reformed Church for helping me and my family grow in faith, for each of you doing your part to build up the congregation in love. It has been a joy and privilege. I know I often introduce myself as that. It's a joy and privilege to be a pastor here at Community CRC. Those aren't just words. It has been a deep and absolute joy and privilege to be your pastor for a time. So thank you. This also saves me from writing hundreds of thank yous, okay? So thank you. My prayer for you in my installation service, the very first words I spoke to you from this pulpit were the words of Paul in his letter to the Ephesians, his prayer in chapter three. And I also want them to be my last ones to you, except for the blessing. I will bless you at the end of the service. But Paul's prayer for the Ephesians has been my pastoral prayer for you all in these past eight years. And it will also continue to be my prayer for this congregation. So as you continue to grow up in Christ, as you continue to build each other up in love, as you continue to work and make every effort to be gentle and humble and kind and patient with each other, because you know each person is a gift to you. Receive this prayer. As Paul's to his Ephesian congregation and as mine to you all. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through the spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Jesus Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church, in community CRC, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.